The Voice of Value is supported by Heron Todd White. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of Value, an API podcast for property professionals, where we explore the insights, thoughts, careers uh, of, of our sector leaders uh, across our ecosystem. I'm Amelia Hodge, CEO of the API. This week, we're at our Western Australian State Conference, and we're speaking to John Martin, Director at Australian Property Consultants. John is also an API Life Fellow, a former state and national president of the API, and currently the chairman of the International Valuation Standards Council Advisory Forum. That's a mouthful, isn't it? It is a bit <laughs> Welcome, John. It's great to have you with us. Thanks, Amelia. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, John, to start things off, can you tell us a bit about your current role and your career so far? It's fairly ex- extensive, I guess, would be in, in one word. The um, current role um, is obviously uh, a small boutique valuation practice. Uh, well, valuation is the core business, but it's a lot to do with consultancy and property dispute resolution, mm. which I sort of specialise in. Um, so my career um, started by accident, really. I was uh, left school and really didn't know what I wanted to do. And someone suggested that I do valuation because I came from a farming background and said, you probably don't want to sit in an office all day. You want to actually get out do something. get out in the fresh air. So I've evolved. I've worked for state government. I worked for local government. And I worked for a large national organisation, uh, international organisation, which is now part of Knight Frank. So, um, in 1988, I, having spent seven years in valuations and three years in, in investment sales, um, I decided to set up my own business. I think it was four weeks uh, after I had my third child and oh, nice. about uh, four months after the stock market crash in 1987. Oh, no. <laughs> so, terrible. I wasn't very popular at the time. <laughs> no, no. So, it's evolved from there and um, my sort of... Uh, I guess underlying principle of what I was trying to achieve was to get away from the pure valuation stream in terms of the mortgage market and stuff in that area. More about in the consultancy and adding value for clients to be able to solve problem solving yep. and such. Yep. So that's how it's evolved. And then um, at the ripe old age or whatever it was, I got onto the state board in those days. And I always remember my first job on the state board was uh, getting the photographs of all the past presidents back to when the uh, institute oh, yeah. first, uh, yep. first yep. came on board. And, um, yeah, so that, that was my first role, which was very, very mundane and interesting, but at the same time uh, it introduced me to what goes on at, at board level. So then I've served on various state uh, committees, as you said, then elevated to national president um, with all the challenges that go with that over a period. And um, then from 1977, uh, I've sort of been involved through the API um, in international affairs, so mm-hmm. to speak. And uh, in 2008, there was a restructuring of the IBSC, and I was uh, approached to go over and go to that AGM around the position of restructuring of that IVSC, which was not going to have any link with the actual um, VPOs, the Valuation Professional Organisations, because it was set as an independent standard-setting body. And that's when the advisory forum um, was introduced into the bylaws. And in 2009, we all met in Madrid and decided, looked at each other and thought, what do we do? 
Um, I was elected chair of that organisation at that time and have been doing that role ever since. So it's been quite interesting. You meet a lot of varied people from yep. around the globe. Yep. Um, the IVSC has grown into an organisation now with some hundred and represents representatives from 137 countries. It's got about 80 valuation professional organisations and there's other stakeholders yep. that are interested in, in valuation yep. standards. So, um, the cornerstone of any profession is its standards. Yeah, of course. And that's what this independent body was set up in 2008 yep. to do, having been an association with mm. associations. Mm. So that's how that that's how my role has evolved there. And, and I, in fact, was very lucky that in, was it 2019? I attended um, the API, Tyrone, and I met with that advisory forum in right. London. In London, yes. Yep. Yep. Um, and in, in fact, I've been in touch with uh, a few of them since to provide them with information from that actual presentation. Yep. So it was, I think it was very useful yep. for the API. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I've learned from that experience or learning from that experience, and you always continue to learn, is that um, the problems that we face here in Australia and the Institute faces are not uncommon. No. No. It's pretty much the standard thing throughout the globe. Mm. There are differing levels of emerging countries with emerging valuation professional organisations like how to establish a VPO, yep. for example, yep. and that's where we're trying to help that. So the role of the advisory forum is really to provide counsel to the respective IVSC boards, but also to provide a forum for the all the stakeholders around the globe to be able to uh, communicate and discuss mm. matters of common interest. Yep. So yep. that's the sort of background. And exciting. It is. I mean, you know, it's, you're always, as I say, you're always learning something yeah. new and always getting a different perspective on problems mm. and how to solve them. So, um, you know, we're all, we're all in a global pandemic. We're all in a global inflationary pressures. Yes. Um, so there, there are supply chain, food supply shortages. Yeah, yeah. We're not isolated. No. no. What I didn't realise, I was listening to uh, somebody speak this morning, you know, I don't think any of us realised the impact of Ukraine. I don't think any of us realised what came out of Ukraine that feeds into our economy right. before the war. Mm -hmm. And it was sunflower oil goes into baby formula. Yeah. I never knew that. So there's a chronic shortage of baby formula now globally. So it's just mm -hmm. so interesting how it all fits together. And I'm told on another view there that um, Ukraine produces parts of the mini miner. Oh, and I didn't know that yeah, either. I didn't either. And that's one thing that's obviously put a pressure on, you know, the availability yep. in the car market. The yep. car market is very tough because mm. you can't get hold of the product. Mm. The supply chain again. But yeah, the, you don't really know until someone actually brings it to your attention just yeah. how different countries and how we're are relied on. And we are yeah. interconnected. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like, wow. You know, grain, etc. Yeah, although yeah. I'm not sure. And mini miners aren't very reliable anyway, no, really, are they? We don't, we don't, we have them <laughs> we don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> so what led you to join the property sector in the first place? How did you decide this was a career for you? Okay, when I left school, I said I didn't really really know what I wanted to do, coming from a farming background. Yeah. Um, so the farm was sold when I was about 12 or 13, so I moved into a country town called Northern, which is about 100 k's east of here. And um, I started off in, in the town planning department doing clerical work. And I had it in my mind that I wanted to do architecture or some sort of drawings mm. as such. And then I did a year of cartography and hated it. Yeah. And then the deputy commissioner of the town planning department at that time was a valuer. And I had little knowledge of what a valuer did or who a valuer was. So I enrolled at Curtin and I did it part-time over five years. Yep. Um, I had a gap year for one year because yep. I needed a bit of a break. 
but I found that uh, doing the course part-time was really beneficial, mm. really, really beneficial in being able to apply in the field. Yes. what you're doing. Yes. And I think that's probably where some of the uh, full-time students today lack that hands-on experience. Yep. And I know we had a discussion you know, around internships yes, and things did. like that, mm. which I think I think is something that's really positive, mm. possible and possible yeah, and positive. I agree. Yeah. So then um, I did the course. I uh, worked at the City of Perth in rating and taxing valuation work. Um, then I got a, a valuer's role with um, a small organisation, which later became Colliers. And now uh, then I worked with uh, Knight Frank, which was Justin Seward in mm-hmm. those days. Mm-hmm. And the experience I gained from there from some really, really old heads in the I keep hearing their names come up. Yeah, so guys like Jerry Gould, yep. for example, yep. was just fantastic. It was really fantastic to work with and mm. taught me a lot. Mm. It's good to have a mentor in, in, in a career, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, it and, is. And, and, and then to pay it forward as a mentor just to others who are yeah. younger, I think, is um, I, I know in my career I get so much satisfaction out of them and it's almost like reverse mentoring sometimes because they teach me so much too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah I think that's right. And, and um, you know, I've always been willing to sort of assist in, in giving that guidance and I still get phone calls from a lot of the younger Gee, members about how do I do this, yeah. what should I consider, etc. Mm. I'm happy to, you know, whilst we're competitors in the market, I'm also happy to share the knowledge yes. on where to go and what to do. I think that's important. Yeah. So I, I tend to think sometimes uh, the younger generation, I'm showing my age, uh, <laughs> are a little lazy because they rely so much on what the information is on that little button they yes. press on the computer. Yes. Whereas actually really, you know, the problem-solving part of it is actually getting out into the field, talking to those that are at the coalface and getting a really good picture of it rather than relying on information that's popped up on a screen yes. in front yeah, of you. yeah, exactly. And I think some valuers I know in the residential field have come proper, you know, using photographs that don't actually relate to the <laughs> subject property or the subject property no longer exists because they haven't gone and inspected it. So there's all those things. Well, funnily enough, as you say that, it, in my own home, I've had an experience where I got evaluation and the photos were of the owners before me. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't mine. No, <laughs> I was right. like, that's not my house. Yeah. But anyway, um, so coming back to the, the career, the sector, um, what, where do you see the opportunities and issues across the sector currently that we need to solve either in the short, medium or long term? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think one of the, one of the issues, uh, important issues, is the education and ongoing training of um, the profession. Mm. So valuation now is broader than just yep. valuing houses yep. and being for mortgage purposes. So it's got a whole different um, uh, section of property types and mm. property problems yep. that need to be solved. So I think um, in the areas of training, obviously there's a, a university or a, a, an academic course that yes. provides the basics, but in my experience recently, probably they don't actually train people to become a valuer. No. They train them more in a broader they context of academic to be able to think for themselves yep. and solve problems. Yep. Yep. So there's a, bit of, there's a gap, I think, between when they leave school or university and then move into the residential and we've had that general discussion around how we upskill people and make it attractive to upskill because um, you know valuing residential property is fairly straightforward Mm, mm. Uh, it does have challenges but um, yeah it's trying to it's trying to um, 
convince the younger generation that they do need to expand their minds and mm. try and problem solve, and they'll get a lot more satisfaction out of that than their just, career. Than yeah. Their career. Yeah. yeah. But you know, some people will go into sales, some will go into leasing, some will go into management, some will go into property trusts and mm. be gurus on computers yep. with programs and things like that. Which is everyone's got to find their own level. But I've always been of the view because people people often say to me, "You're only one of the few people I know that really like your job." <laughs> <laughs> I see I go, so many of our members that love their yeah, job. Yeah, but it's a great it's a great profession, and it's you meet so many interesting people and so many different aspects of mm. property and, and the things that are attached to that. But you know, one of the one of the things we really struggle with one of the issues is the recognition of us as a true profession. Because mm. the number of people you talk to and they say, "Oh." I've spoken to my accountant about this, so they, they tend to gravitate towards their accountant rather than thinking about the value. As so, a professional advisor. Yeah, professional advice. Yeah. So a lot of the times the value is the last chain in the link. It should be the, one of the first chains in the link, mm. even if it's discussing the rent review provisions of a new lease or things mm. like that. So there's that, those aspects that I try to try and get involved in um, in educating you know, the legal profession around, mm. you know, you've, you're just cutting and pasting um, rent review clauses from another Bloody lawyers. Yeah, I know. I trust them. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my best friends are lawyers. Um, so, yeah, it's really uh, it's really about guidance mm. and properties and, and problem solving. And, uh, you know, as with IVSC, it's now covers uh, three valuation disciplines, mm. which is uh, tangible assets, business values and financial instruments. Yep. So it's a it's a it's a rather broad spectrum it of is. valuation work. Yes. But in the property sector, valuation is only one part of mm. it. Mm. So yeah, it's a, it's all about getting recognition and understanding. And I think the important thing is that in the profession that you you've got consistency, transparency, and you know the comparability of using it, particularly with cross border work. Um, so long as you're applying the same the same. Principles. principles. The principles don't change. No. The market changes. Yes. And, and look lot, at what's happening yeah, now. And there's a lot of commentary around, oh, you know, we're in uncertain market times. Well, uncertainty in the market's been around forever. Yeah, you're right, actually. It's just a degree yeah. of uncertainty yes. in what are the issues. And some of the problems probably in the younger generation is if you were trained between 2006 and 2012, you only knew a property market that was going mm. up mm. and you weren't, you hadn't had experience of a downturn mm. in the market. Mm. And you know, I, only reason I understand that better is because I've actually been through three or four downturns. Yep, yep. Um, so there's no there's no uh, substitute for experience. No. So, and I think the, you know, the institute... Um, is doing a great job in CPT, but I think there probably needs to be a bit more pressure or a bit more reliance put on employers in terms of mm. their training. Mm. That's a good point. I think, you know, at the beginning of COVID, I remember sitting in Sydney and thinking, oh, God, what is going to happen? And everybody was saying, oh, the, pro- the property market's going to crash. You know, and I rang, I mean, all the grey hairs. You know, I got on the phone to Greg Preston, to Repaycheck, to you, to go, what happened last week? What has happened over time? And, you know, how do we navigate our way through this? And that's why I think it's always good to have <laughs> guys like you on speed dial. <laughs> so um, what are some of the broader themes that you're seeing having an impact on the actual valuation industry around, you know, um, climate change, yeah. um, ESG, cyber risk? There's so yeah. much to navigate um, to consider as far as value there's, there's goes. Four, there's four or five major issues that we're doing webinars on through the IVSC uh, advisory forum. Yep. We've just done one on challenges to market value. 
um, that is sort of a topic that comes up every 10 years where there's always someone wanting to challenge the, yep. the court precedent around what's the definition of market value okay. and the other subset of market value and yep. those issues. Um, I'm the old school, I have, you know, there's, there's only one market value as such and then the other, whatever you want to call it, fair market value or fair value, that then is set, set up under another set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Market uncertainty and risk is obviously a topical thing but not new. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is ESG. ESG is, is critical. Yes, and I that's, agree. That, that is something that the IVSC is really focusing on. Mm. So just by way of information, the um, IVSC through uh, Alexander Aronson is looking at probably 20 to 30 different topics and has working groups on Yes, those. yeah, I know. And, yeah, if there's any members out there that would be interested in uh, have a particular bent or a particular interest in a, mm. in a field or a particular area of expertise, then they should contact uh, the IVSC and see if they can help out on one of those working groups. The other interesting thing is the ESG, which is environmental, social and governance, is another aspect of social, which is parks, cemeteries, all those yep. non-performing assets. Yep. So there's now a thing called social value as well, yes. which is something that's, that's sort of going through. And then data and data integrity. Yeah, great. That is, that is one of the sort of... That, that is common around the globe, the availability of data. So I had an email from uh, Ukraine mm-hmm. last week, just wanted to know, you know about market value and how they deal with it in a, war, in a war-torn mm. country. So um, because it then comes down to the land management systems. Mm. And well, we are pretty good. We have a Torrens-style system, which we have mm-hmm. fairly definitive tenure and understand the tenure and it's all documented. But in some countries, they don't have that. Nice. So nice. Um, getting the information is a little more difficult. And then, of course, the integrity of the data, we just talked about, you know, mm. stuff that's on the, that's right. on the net. That's right. And is it the right photograph? Is it the right description yep. of the property? Is the the right sale price? Mm. Mm. <laughs> All those things that, mm. you know, we sort of take for granted. But really, if we get into court, we can get caught up on mm. those things because it may prove to be wrong. Even in our financial systems, right? So I've been looking at lending lately. And um, this lender came back to me when after an inquiry and she said, oh, what about this credit card? What about this credit card? I said, that's not me. She said, oh, it's Amelia Hodge. And I said, wrong Amelia Hodge. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you just well, don't you know what's happening. I've got a private email address and I got an email the other day saying, uh, you're booking for so-and-so caravan park on the East Coast is confirmed for the 18th of July. And I rang them up and I said, wrong John Martin. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so coming back to your career, what have been some of your career highlights so far? Highlights. Um, I think just the uh, retiring. Yeah, well, retiring. <laughs> well, in my mind, retirement's an old-fashioned uh, trend. Old-fashioned. Yeah, I agree. But however, um, oh, look, I just think the highlights are too numerous to probably pinpoint. Mm. But um, obviously, serving on the API has been you know, mm. been a it's long a great time. Community. It's a great yeah. community, and we've met some really good people. Yeah. Some really great people. Yeah. Um, and all with their heart in the right place yep. and all trying to do the right thing yeah, and, and move the, move the organisation forward. But, you know, just the diversification of work that I get approached by. You know, I'm, I'm now getting, over the last five years, I've had calls from around Australia for particular aspects of property and how mm. do we do this and can you do this for us and can you look at that. So it's that, um, it's that diversification 
It's an interesting career. Oh, it is, I, if you make it, that if way. you make it that if way, if you're prepared to, if you're prepared to take, you know, you won't. Maybe you might not get paid the biggest fee, but if you're prepared to take work on that's mm. interesting and challenging and really makes you think, mm. the application of principles don't change. It's just how you actually deal with it. It's a good way to look at it, I yeah. think. So, you know, it's um, uh, it's a lifestyle for mm. me. Yes, yes. It's a lifestyle. Uh, yes. And I'm, you know, I'm a very small organisation mm. uh, of three of us, and um, we just can pick mm. and choose what yep. we want to do. We're not in... What very I, fortunate. Yeah, we do all due yeah. different, and in respect to my colleagues, those that are in the right place of the mortgage space yeah. are under constant pressure. Mm. Mm. And, you know, the more compliance... Yes, the compliance. The compliance is a massive issue. Even trying to fill out an application for annual PI insurance, Mm. some of the some of the questions um, don't actually relate to my business. Mm. So, but anyway. Well, hopefully, if our project insure comes up, we can help you with that. That's a good initiative. Yeah, thank you. Um, So, what do you do outside of work? You know, it's been a pretty crazy couple of years. How do you keep your mental health and your physical health? Coming from a farming background, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country <laughs> out of the boy. I've got a small property out in Dale on about 120 k's from here, which is 120 acres. Wow. And I just potter around on that. Yep. Um, so sort of keep my hand in and lease most of it back to the farmer who crops it. Um, got a shed and a weekender on mm-hmm. it, so, yeah, it's good fun. Um, I've always been heavily involved in sport. Mm-hmm. Um, go to gym so up until recently I was involved in one of the local West Australian Football League Aussie Rules yep. clubs as a director and uh, in the last 12 months I've joined a rock and roll oh, band I've heard, I've heard that rumour <laughs> so I'm playing keyboard in a rock and roll band yeah which is good because it's <laughs> taken me out of my comfort zone. I bet. What yeah. sort of what genre of music? That's oh, a very broad cross section mm. from seventies up to modern. You know, oh, 2000. fantastic! Yeah. We'll have to get you playing an NPC yeah, next year. Yeah, well, yeah. So that's um, the seven of us in the band. So yeah. it's very loud. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how fun! <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And I think you know, last year particularly, I think I was seeing the grind in Victoria of you know all of the sort of external elements of COVID and lockdown, as well as the intense pressure of a very busy career and I think there were some people really on the edge with their mental health um, given all those sorts of stresses. So I think it's important for people to keep talking about what they do. Absolutely. And I think, you know, evaluation is a very stressful... It is. A very stressful profession. Um, it's always been that way. Mm. Um, it's how you deal with it and sort of try and, you know, because you're on deadlines. Mm. At the end of the day, you've got to make a decision on the number. Yep. You've got to pick a number. Yep. And that's always difficult. And I trying to remind people that I talk, you know, at the end of the day, this is an opinion which is based on as much factual information and your interpretation of it. So mm. skill, judgment and experience is how you evolve the answer. Mm. And, you know, sometimes you get it wrong. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, where, what do you see as the biggest opportunities for the industry in the next five years? And what, if you project yourself forward, yeah. what can you... Oh, I think... We spoke about it briefly in relation to being able to get better recognition as mm-hmm. a profession mm-hmm. and what we do. It's not just valuing houses. No, no. Um, it's it's a whole broad cross-section of things that we can add value to yep. and we probably don't promote yep. ourselves in that area. Yep. And I think partly that's probably because of the old – because we've come from a real estate background. Yes. 
Um, we're a bit entrenched in the old ways, yep. and we need to be flexible and be able to move forward and think outside the box. Mm. I think there's a huge opportunity for the API around education and training, yep. and that's even not just within Australia, but I'm yes, sure by yeah. exporting those because you know I think we've had a discussion many times. The API punches well above its weight in comparison to a lot of other. Thank you, John. <laughs> well, it does. We do a lot for 32 people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you know that that's one thing: education and training. The other one is obviously um, the insurance. Yeah. Professional indemnity insurers is an issue which yes. you're addressing, and probably. Followed something similar, I would suggest maybe to the Canadian experience where they run their own professional. Yeah, that's what schemes. we're looking to do. Yeah, and then there's also legislation, mm. you know, government, different parts of government legislation. Um, one of the biggest threats, I think, and we've had this discussion, is that you know, um, the lenders, um, if they could, they wouldn't use values. Mm. 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 Um, unfortunately, APRA have come across that. The other big, biggest challenge is. The, um, the people that want to challenge conventional wisdom. Yes. And I think if it ain't broke, you don't need to fix it. Mm, mm. Um, but obviously you've got to move with the times, you've got to move the technology and, and, and those mm. things. So I think the, the critical thing is to not lose focus on what we are and what we do. Yep, yep. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Value to our listeners. <laughs> and today we shared our time with John Martin, Director at Australian Property Consultants. Thanks so much for joining us, John. No problem. Please join us again for future episodes. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Thank you. The Voice of Value is supported by Heron Todd White.